What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Business Breakthrough. Sitting down today with Ian Sebastia, a good friend of mine, uh, has been on here multiple times. And what's awesome is, is that each new time is just a new step uh, in his business, going through the ebbs and flows. Today, we talk about, you know, hitting a breaking point. Um, the, the, the B word came up bankruptcy. And, uh, you know, what we had to do is dig deep. We had to find out what the issue was in this business breakthrough. I think we did. Ian left this business breakthrough with a plan. And, uh, at the very least, uh, there's hope there. And, uh, I think as business owners, we got to really dig deep. We got to search, we got to get gritty. And, uh, you're going to hear a lot about that in this episode. So tune in, uh, we all go through this together. So I love sharing these, uh, stories and very grateful for Ian to, uh, to make his situation public. Cause you know, we know that, uh, all of you that listen to this can resonate in some way or another. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right. They're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener. It's so much better. And that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time. And that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat. And that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Business Breakthrough. I'm back again with my good friend, Ian. He came to me with situations that I'm excited to hammer through. You always do. You're always prepared. I know you probably got some notes. Oh, yeah. Always got notes. Um, let's start off with this. You told me that your business is going to be bankrupt soon if you don't make a change. Yeah. What's going on? Okay. Long story short, um, I dropped my prices. I got really good friends with one of these flooring stores. Uh, me and him were really close now. Uh, you know, I go over, he closed up the shop, you know, three hours early, brought him a bottle of gin, his favorite gin, ordered a pizza for us. We sat down and we just talked business and we really broke down the numbers and I was charging too much. So we, uh, we dropped the, the, the cost of my, um, of, of, of what I was charging. And I, and I actually closed three jobs. Um, so I feel like I'm more at like a, you know, competitive pricing now. And I think the reason why my pricing was so high was because I was trying to kind of make up for the time that my guys were taking to get the job done. Now, uh, with that being said, I, I sat them down and I asked them, I said, you know, how, how long is it going to take for us to do X amount of square feet? How many square feet can you guys get done in a day? And they said they think that they can get 750 square feet, which is a fair number. And I, you know what, normally two master installers should be able to get down a thousand square feet, but I thought 750 was a fair number. So I started, um, you know, uh, scheduling my jobs, uh, assuming that we were doing, you know, a 750 square feet, roughly a day. Um, you know, obviously that doesn't include trim and stuff like that. So I, I, I kind of, you know, calculated my, my schedule and I, and I got three jobs booked up until uh, next week, pretty much. And it, it got to the point where my, our first job, we were a day and a half over. And then the job that they're at right now, we're two days over. And it's just got to the point right now because, well, we're two days over on this job because we had to split the team up to be able to make up to finish the last job. And it's just Wait, like one person's working on the job right now. Uh, well, right now they're split up in two different jobs because we have to get the other one started. So one, they're then, working by themselves. Yes. Which is not what I wanted to have happen yeah. ever. Um, and it's just like, we're in such a, like, and, and the problem is I did the job costing for the last couple of jobs that we did. And we're not making the percentages like we should be. Um, the, the labor cost is so high. And at this point, like with my marketing and my overhead, like I only have like three weeks at max until I'm going to hit that point where we're, we're, we're rough because I still have wow. to pay my taxes from last year, which is about nine grand 
Um, and you know, that's, that's about what I have in my bank account. Now I do have about $30,000 on hold from a renovation that we recently did, which should be coming in the pocket within the next month or so, but I don't want to have to rely on that big renovation and be able to, you know, save the money that we had to spend on all these other jobs. So, all right, let's start with this. Let's talk about all, I want to know all your overhead expenses right now. Hurry up. Okay. So we have, um, marketing is about $5,500. Uh, we have gas, which I put about $130 every two or three days. So let's call it about, you know, um, 250 bucks uh, to $300 a week in gas, whatever that is times a month. And then um, insurance is about uh, 200 bucks um, for, for my car. Uh, you know, liability insurance is about 150 bucks a month. Um, drip jobs, of course. We got, uh, you know, QuickBooks Online, Quick, Quick, QuickBooks Payroll, it equals out to about eight grand from what I calculated, but that's how much about, is QuickBooks? Uh, payroll, both uh, time uh, tracking so and payroll. Time I think is thirty bucks a month. Payroll is about twenty five bucks you a have month. An and then I do have an accountant. That is how right. much are they? Um, they charge by the uh, by the like each time. It's not monthly. It's it's every year pretty much. Um, but he said his cost for that for last year was about twenty five hundred bucks. Uh, so you divide that by twelve to get the overhead. Yeah. But the, uh, he said it might be different this year because now about I have 200. Employees. All right. I just need a rough figure. Okay. So let's count this up. So 5,500 plus 200, 150, 100 bucks, um, 30 bucks plus 220 plus 130. And what'd you say? How much did you say you think it is? About 8,500 bucks. You're at 6,340 from what I can count. But that doesn't include the marketing of 5,500. Right? Yeah, it does. Oh, it does? Yeah. So you're about 6340 unless something I'm missing but so so regardless let's just say it's at 6340 okay and you can calculate that later just it's a, let's just say 6500 are you paying yourself a salary I haven't paid myself you once. don't even have any you're not even paying yourself yeah oh sorry I also forgot uh car wash and storage locker that's about four hundred dollars car wash and a storage locker for 400 bucks well a car wash is 30 bucks a month and a storage locker is about 330 dollars a month Store, what are you putting in the stores locker? It's just extra materials, tools, all that kind of stuff. You can't put that anywhere else? Uh, not really, no. Okay. All right. So 6,800 bucks a month. All right. So let's, let's, let's talk about this for a second. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's, you ever heard the word critical mass? Uh, I don't think so. No. All right. I'm going to look it up because I want to know the definition. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I, I know it like in, in uh, just like slang, but I want to read um, so on the physics, it's the minimum amount of fissile material needed to maintain a nuclear chain reaction. Okay. That's the physics the definition. The street definition is the minimum size or amount of something required to start or maintain a venture. That one applies a little more to you, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Okay. So critical mass, right? So in order for you to stay afloat, your critical mass is not just 6,800, right? Mm -hmm. On a monthly basis, because you have labor. What's the labor cost per month? Did we, did we add that in? Uh, well, as examples so far That's for- That's not uh, overhead though. If it's hourly, it's yeah. not overhead. It's, it is hourly. Um, okay, so but, on average, what is the hourly? Like on, uh, month, on, on a week, what are you paying out? Uh, on, a, on a week, I'd say, uh, let me just calculate it. It's about $2,800. A week. A week. Okay. 2,800. That's with burden. So that's 11 too. Okay. 
So 6,800. And then you have 6,800 plus 11,200. Okay, so your critical mass for the company at the rate that you're doing is you need to do 18,000 in sales mm -hmm. to cover all your labor for the month and all your overhead, okay? Now, what I want you to understand is this, okay? Right now, you figured out this issue with your pricing where you're saying, okay, I found out where I need to be. And right off the cuff, do you know what that profit margin is at this new, new metric that you've decided that works and you're getting consistent yeses? What is that margin on a gross level? So uh, if I was to say that they can get about 750 square feet done a day, which is a good average, uh, I should be making about 50% margins profit. Oh, well, that's a phenomenal margin. What are you charging per square foot? Uh, laminate vinyl is about $2. Uh, hardwood nail downs, $250. Glue down hardwoods, 3 to 350 Yeah, that's, that's the ballpark, I'd say. Okay. But at 750 square feet a day, they're, they're expected to do. That's how you're pricing it. And then you're saying, okay, you know, I'll hit 50%. Okay, cool. So let's look at it like this. And then I want to get one more data point out of you. What is the maximum gross amount that they can accomplish in a week? So if they're doing 750 a day, the two of them, correct? Mm -hmm. So that's five days of work. That's 3750 of square feet, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's, that's, that's the max based on your new metric of how much they can do at maximum capacity, right? And if you're charging $2 a square foot, Ian, you're going to, I'm right here with you, bro. That means that you guys should be grossing $7,500 per week, right? Mm -hmm. Now we do that times four. That's your sales. That's what's coming in, right? Multiply that by four, Ian, that's 30 grand. So at capacity right now, if you were at capacity, right? And again, that's ensuring that they do 750 square feet a week. Your sales are hitting uh, 7,500 a week, you know, in any capacity, you're at 30 grand. What did we say our overhead plus costs are to accomplish that much work? 18,000. So at optimum efficiency, the company should be generating plus 12,000. Mm -hmm. Are you following me there? Yep. Okay. So the thing about it is, is that what I'm looking at is that this team of two is not responsible for just maintaining the job. They're responsible for maintaining the business too, right? These two people are responsible for not only maintaining the cash flow required to sustain the job, they're responsible to not only make up the 15,000 that they should be generating. Okay. Or excuse me, the see if it's 7,500. Okay. So they're not, excuse me, they're not just responsible for making up the 50% margin on a gross level that they're supposed to be making on a job basis. They're responsible for also generating the $6,800 overhead in the business. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you've got a piece of paper, like I do here, and you have that $6,800, and you circle it at the top, draw it at the top and you have a, and you have a circle. Can you do this with me real quick? Yeah, let me get a piece of paper. Grab a piece of paper real quick. Okay, what am I doing? Writing 6,800 at the top? You're writing $6,800 at the top and I want you to circle it. I want you to draw a line at the bottom of that circle downward and then branch it off to the left. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I want you to do another branch to the right. So you should have like an upside down goalpost. Okay. <laughs> so American. Yep. 
I want you to draw another circle at the bottom of each one. So now you have like a bracket. And what's 6,800 divided by two? 3,400. Right? 3,400 in each one. Okay. So right now, that would be the overhead responsibility of each crew if you had two crews. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Because right now, again, that one crew, and you're not always going to hit your maximum capacity every single week. It's going to fluctuate. Ideally, yeah. you would just hit 7,500 every single week and you'd be laughing your way to the bank. But that doesn't always happen. Sometimes it's 5,500. Yeah. Sometimes it's 6,200. But guess what never changes? The overhead. Okay. Right? So in any case, if you don't hit that critical mass, let's say you guys do four weeks consistently at five grand. Well, then you're only making 20 grand and you think you're broke because the cash flow hasn't corrected and you're operating negatively, you think, because marketing's due, all these payments are due, and the cash flow isn't appropriating. So you look at your bank account like I'm losing money. But if you looked at it on an accrued basis from the beginning of the month to the end of the month, which is hard to do because sometimes payroll happens the week after. But if you look at it on an accrued basis, you would be netting, but on a cash flow basis in the way that the cycles work of the weeks, it looks like you're losing. Mm -hmm. So goal number one is to ensure that you're quoting at least 7,500 and selling at least 7,500 square feet of flooring per week, right? And if you're only charging $2 a square foot, we said this, you're going to get 7,500 in sales, okay? Now, let's average this out on the low end because, again, that's not always going to happen. Let's be safe and say that you only sell $6,800 per week, okay? That's being safe right? So this crew of two times four is going to generate $27,200. Okay. To pay this crew. Okay. And this is just labor pricing, right? Yeah. Okay. To pay this crew, we said what? That the total cost to pay this crew per week was, I lost my number there. 2,800, I think. About yeah, 2,800 a week. Okay. That's 11.2. All right. So again, what I'm trying to help you see with that overhead is that you, if you have two crews of two, the other crew takes half of the overhead burden. Mm -hmm. And the more crews that you do, usually the overhead increases, but there's a certain tipping point where it doesn't increase variably, right? It doesn't increase proportionally, right? Because overhead is designed to essentially be a fixed cost Okay. That does not fluctuate with demand. Right. I guess you can consider marketing overhead, but that it's not forced to fluctuate unless you choose for it to fluctuate. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is that right now there's so much pressure on this one crew to produce all of the income for not only the jobs, but the overhead. Now I know we talked about maybe, Hey, starting up a painting business and being able to sell with a little more room because you can work in materials a lot easier and customers are kind of naive to uh, the margins when it comes to paint. You know, it's kind of the norm for the contractor to provide the paint as opposed to in the flooring space, a little bit different. So you have to navigate that. You only have an opportunity to sell labor. And labor, when they look at what your cost per square footage is, is comparable to other people. So you have to work a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. So we know all these things. But I'm just saying this. If you have three crews of two, and let's say you're, I'm just going to say that your marketing doesn't fluctuate, even though you might have to go a little bit higher on your marketing costs. Let's just say it doesn't. 
now each crew is only responsible to make up for $2,500 worth of overhead. So each crew has to at least make 2,500 plus their wages. Okay. So, and let's say you do the same thing where it costs you 2,800 per week for each, for two guys on each crew. So that's 2,800 three times. I know this is a lot, but I just want you to understand that I think that the critical mass here, that, that word that I used earlier is going to be really important in your ability to hang in there because you got to realize that like once you add another crew, not only are you going to be able to cover most of these overhead costs much easier, of course, there's going to be more money, but you're going to be profiting from each job. Like essentially each crew you need to see is its own business. That's the way I see it in my painting business. Crew one is its own business. Crew two is its own business. They don't work with the other guys. They stick to themselves. I look at their margins individually. I look at what they can produce individually. The other crew, hey, that's another business. And if I start another crew, that's another business. And they're all operating under the premium painting brand. And I think like for right now, the situation that you ran into the last time we spoke was that the pricing wasn't there and you couldn't really understand what's going on. So you said, okay, well, I figured out the pricing now. Okay, you figured out what works. Now duplicate it and then make the decision on if you're going to be bankrupt. Because if you're generating another crew's worth of sales, that overhead cost is going to be cut in half. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be netting more as a business. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think the other thing is that um, I do agree that obviously that is like looking at numbers and that, that does make sense. Um, when, I, when I did do the job costing, which I could share my screen if you'd like, um, I... I looked at the uh, the time of what they're getting. Like I kind of wrote it down here to show you, but here's an example. This job, 80 square feet, 30 linear feet of no, of uh, shumold uh, and baseboard, but it took them two days for 80 square feet. And then we scroll down here. It's 150 square feet. It took them almost a full day. We scroll down here. This is the one where I actually had to go on site for a weekend and a Monday. And it was three and a half days to do 700 square feet. And then the last job, which is the one that they're at today, is this one here. Um, so where are you coming up with 750 square feet, Ian? I mean, you're just showing me a, a spreadsheet that says that they took two days to lay 150 square feet. That's so, I know or one, exactly. Or, or 80 square feet, excuse me, it took them two days. What was the issue? Well, this, this issue. How much here, did you sell that job for? Uh, let's see. That one was $1,900 and that was including a sub. And so we you lost a hundred dollars on this job. That is correct. And then this job here. So wait, wait, I just want to know what was, yeah. how did it take two days to lay 85 square feet? Who so yours? No, I, I, they told me that apparently ramping up three pieces of wood took almost six hours and doing a little nosing took like, that's the thing. When I go to this guy at the flooring store, who's been doing it for 12 plus years, I tell him these things and he's like, Man, like, like he's actually coming to one of my job sites tomorrow and he's going to act almost like undercover boss, like a guy who's just like coming to see what the, what the workflow is like. And he's, and he's thinking about maybe joining the business and he's going to act like he doesn't know what he's doing. And he's going to watch. And he's going to tell me if he thinks that they're doing stuff while I'm out there. Like, dude, I know it's crazy, right? <laughs> oh my, how, dude, if it's gotten to that point, you have the wrong team members. bro. That's what I'm thinking. Cause like, I if mean, you look at, look if at it's got, dude, listen, it, look, hold on, dude, hold on, dude. If you've gotten to the point where you got to send in a spy on your team, <laughs> a plant, how embarrassing, bro. It I mean, is. It's not, I mean, it's just, that's, I mean, here's the thing, Ian, like if this were happening in my business, I wouldn't be on this call with me. I would be on the freaking job watching. 
bro, watching, sitting there all day, parking the car, watching and with a timer in my hand. Mm -hmm. How come you haven't done that yet? Um, most of the day, like I, I, so I do, I start, try to start scheduling my days so that I'm there for four hours in the morning. And then the remaining of the day is doing estimates uh, just to try to keep the guys busy. I, um, yeah, I get that. But you're, you're at a level, you're in the, like such the red zone in terms of like uncertainty and what you're showing me here in terms of like, I'm blown away of the fact that you told me that these, that, that you think the capacity for these guys is 750 square feet. That's not what these guys, that's what they should be at. That's what, okay. I'm just saying they're not even close looking at these numbers you're showing. They're not like, even, they're not even it, near it. The highest one that I seen was what's the most they've done ever in a day. The most that, well, here's a perfect example. Because you remember when I gave you those hypotheticals, it was basing it off of the capacity of 750 square feet. You selling it 7,500 a week in sales. We're not even close to that. That's, that's, that's why I was saying we're going down and, and I think it might require getting rid of the guys. But if you look at this, uh, can you see this text document I'm looking at? I can. So right here, this is me. Uh, I had to work 14 hours. Jamie had to work 14 hours. We're at 231 square feet we installed and 275 linear feet of baseboard in 28 hours. For them two alone on site, it's, they got 400 square feet done and prep. This means doing, an, um, they did a nosing, they did flooring and they just did prep, which is cutting down door jams and just like screwing down the floor in areas where there's squeaks. And they only got 400 in the prep done. We got all this trim done and caulked. We did two half the flooring, a little bit more than half the flooring that they did and the same amount of nosings in, you know, a decent amount less. What is that? Six hours less? Six hours less. Yeah. I mean, you're trending downward big time and it's not, you know, I believe that there's a few factors here. The first thing is, is that, um, you know, I, I think the first thing of, of, of this entire process is, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story, man. When I worked at the restaurant, I had this guy, his name was Tony. He's the owner of the restaurant, man. And he was like the owner, man. Like he was there, you know, and I, I own my business remote, like, but I'm, I'm there. I'm there because I can, I can, and they know I'll be there. You know, like if there's an issue or if things are moving too slow, I'm coming. They know that. I mean, there's a certain presence that needs to be known about, Hey, you know, we're on the clock here, you know? And I think that you have a couple options, right? I think the first option is maybe you find subs and you become a sales company where, Hey, you know what? They don't finish the job in a certain amount of time. They don't get paid. That's what it seems every single flooring company I've spoken to does not one person yeah. I've met. I yet mean the employee, they, the, the employee, the employee model, but I do, I do employees on my flooring jobs. I have a night. I said, I sold three bedrooms. I think it was 800 square feet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sold it for two grand. It's going to get done Friday, three days. How many square feet again? Sorry. 800. It's going to get done in three days. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 1950. Okay. Each guy, I got one at 25. Okay. So he gets 600 bucks. I got one at 20. So he gets 480. So it's 1080. I net about 850 bucks mm -hmm. on that. That's just a three-day filler. And that's it. No materials, just installation. 
a lot of people tell me that the, the reason why it's taking so long for these guys to get square footage done is because there's no drive because they're getting paid hourly regardless where that's I, but why that's a lot when of you realize that you got the wrong team and i know it's that's like, what you know, i say I, right? again the first red flag is the feeling that you're sending in somebody to watch your team you need to watch your team yeah i don't know where the i i and i think there's a, this little thing of like i don't want to lose these guys because then i have to go back to nothing yeah this, it is there for sure okay I don't want to lose these guys because then I don't have anything and I got to start fresh, but you do have something. It's intangible. You learned. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> you that's, know, like that's, that's you do have something. You're not going, your new, your zero is a new zero. It's not the old zero of Ian. You're never going to go back <clears throat> to being a solo printer again. You can't, you've already tasted what it feels like. And I, I also want to that. mention, and this is, this is one thing that you taught that the one thing I definitely didn't listen to is, don't become too comfortable with your employees. That's just anyone out there listening. Do not like on the first little while, don't get too comfortable. Cause that's one of the hardest things about letting them go. If I have to, is that I feel like it's like almost like a friendship's been bonded now. Nah, dude, I, I love my guys. Like, and I've, I've learned this in the restaurant when I managed restaurants and like people invited me to parties and they invited me to go out and hang out after work. Couldn't can't, sorry. You know, because mm -hmm. there was the, the, the that happens, bro. Like even my guys, like I love my, listen, I love my guys, but there's gotta be some separation there in terms of, yeah. Hey, look, this is business, man. You know? And if you are in a position where people think now nah, they'll never fire me, you did, you've done a poor job of, 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 uh, separating business and pleasure. And I've heard from a client that I got pretty close with that on the site, they were complaining about like the work that I was giving them and stuff like that, which I didn't like to hear. So what I did was I, you know, it was about a month and a half. They've been working with us now. So I, I brought them one by one in my truck and I sat them down and I said, you know, not saying anything what he said, but I said, you know, I want to give you guys this opportunity after two weeks, we talked about you and how you've been in the business, but tell me, how do you feel about working for us? Is there anything that you didn't like about work? Like I gave them the opportunity to speak up and they both said that they love working here and it's, and it's great. And they enjoy the work and stuff like that. But the only thing that they said was, they don't know what they can do about the speed because we've been trying to bring up. I brought up the speed like 20 times to them now talking about what can we do what to change. What time do they work during the day? Uh, eight to four. Eight to four. Yeah. So they're on, they're just finishing up today. But the one guy's probably staying till 6 p.m. just to get that one job done, which I'm going to be driving there after this pretty much. But um, and and so I asked them, what do you guys need to speed up? And they said to me, they said, you know, a helper could help. And I was like, OK, so maybe that's the thing. But I looked at it like this. If I, if I include a helper, then I'm putting a bandaid on the problem. If they should be doing 750 square feet with like one guy and a helper, then why can't two master installers, sorry, a master installer and a helper. Why can't two master installers be doing that? If not plus more me adding a helper to two master installers. Yeah, I mean, there's something, my I mean, problem. Ian, dude, there's something here. Either you have a team that, you know, first of all, you got to understand like motivation. Like, I think like you're like, for me, I never think about if my guys are milking the clock, mm -hmm. like I, that never even crosses my mind because I've set the standard of that. Hey, you have two days to do this job. That's it. Yeah. Okay? That's what I, I go on four there. Guys. And they just you got the four guys on every job. Okay. It's yeah. like, they know they need to get the jobs done. Like, and the benefit of that is that they don't hear from me and it's a smooth workflow. And they understand that if they don't work out at this job as painters, they're going to be working in a team of two, probably at the next comp next competitor. So I stack the deck on my end in terms of like putting a team together and 
camaraderie and all that stuff. And I know that you're dealing with two people, but it's a little bit different, you know, and it's like, what's the motivation for them to go faster other than, Hey, Ian said, you got to move a little quicker. You know, I mean, have you established a certain level of respect where what you say goes in your business? I think so. Yeah. Like, um, <clears throat> one of the guys said, you know, when, when you tell me that we're not make that we're not profiting on these jobs, it, it doesn't make me happy. And I, that's the last thing I want to have happen because I know, you know, they want to see it, see Brinks succeed and they want to see, you know, growth within the business. So, yeah. um, they, 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 they tell me to my face. That I they think care. you need to, I need, I think you like, I, honestly, before you make any drastic decisions of starting a new business or dude, don't send a random guy to your job, bro. To call him and tell him he's not coming, dude. That's the most embarrassing thing for anyone involved, including yourself. The fact that you have to send someone in there to see if your guys are cheating you. If well, you it's, not, it's not to see if they're, because what happened was um, one of the, one of the workers said that, Hey, I'll pay. Cause I told him, I was like, I've been talking to people and they say that we can get this much done. Like, how do you think we can get to that point? And he said to me, he's like, look, I don't think it's possible. I would pay out of my own pocket to see him come show me. So when he goes, he's not necessarily going to say, oh, they're dogging it or, or, you know, they're cheating you. He's more going to see one, if there's ways that they can improve from what he sees, but he doesn't want them to change knowing that's why he's there. So that's why. No, like, I think you don't even know. Yeah, I don't. That's what the problem is. And that you need to go first. Like mm -hmm. if that was happening in my business, I would be at the job mm -hmm. watching with a clock in my hand. You don't even know what your team can accomplish if you're there. That's the standard, right? If they can't perform when you're there watching as their boss, that's the that that should bring out with their their best work. Mm -hmm. And if you're not getting their best work with you sitting there, nice. I mean, if anything, it's going to make you a better estimator at the very least. Maybe you're wrong. Yeah. Maybe 750 is a stretch. Maybe you're really wrong. You don't even know. I don't. That's, that's, and that's why it's, it's hard to feel like that's our missing go. variable, sending some rando in there to bring his 25 years of expertise into your system. Doesn't allow you to see what the problem is initially. It just says, oh, okay, we'll do it his way. Then you got to wait for a longer feedback loop until the high of that wears off. And then they go back to their old ways. Find out what the, find out what the capacity is first and then approve on top of that. Oh, okay, well, I was sitting here and you guys did 700. Now let me bring in an expert and see if we can improve that. Yeah. Don't do that first. Okay. Um, so I kind of like laid out three options on the table uh, of what my next move is. Uh, one was bringing in that helper to try to make up for the lost time and at least become somewhat profitable. Um, at the end of the day, like I said, it's kind of putting a bandaid on the problem, but at least, you know, if that is the case, like they need a helper. Once I expand to a second crew, then we can see where we can adjust. Cause I don't want to be the helper's responsibility. Let me know. Um, mainly prep work, cutting down jams, cleaning up after the guys, racking out the floor for them, um, loading the tools, unloading the tools, the, that kind of stuff, um, you know, demoing. Uh, and so like less of the $30 an hour type work. Um, so then pretty much that was one option is bring a helper and, and see if we can adjust with what we have now. Cause I don't want to have to, you know, just there's one episode you said, don't source from outside of the business, try to source from inside the business. I want to try to keep the guys inside the business and, and make them better. Dude, keep Ian, them going. Dude, like you have two, what you call master installers. Mm -hmm. Who have you established as the leader? 
I've been working on establishing one as the leader, but there's things that he still needs to work on. He uh, who's in charge? I uh, mainly it's 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 one gentleman, the Jamie guy. I, I give Jamie. him more. What's that? And what in what way does he know that he's the leader? Uh, he know, well, I told him that like we're looking to you know upgrade someone to a team leader, but I need to see first from one of them who's got the ability to be that team leader. Because uh, if I was to put Jamie as say, it's leader, a headless horseman. It's a headless horseman, bro. You have no leader there. You're looking to. It's either they're a leader or they're not. Who's in charge? Who, 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 who is accountable? No one. Oh, hey, no, you take the blame on that. No, no, Jamie, that's you today. Who's the freaking manager? Yeah. You need to establish that today. It isn't we're looking to. You don't even have anyone in place. Looking to means you have someone in place. Maybe they're moving and that person steps up. Right now, someone needs to be held accountable. And if it's going to be Jamie, it should be the person you're paying the most. Yeah, the they're Jamie? both the same. They're both the both same. The same? Much. Oh, that's worse. And so, and if I was to, this is why I haven't moved Jamie up to that position because I wanted to, and, and he's right there. But here's a little story. On a site, they were cleaning up. I came the next day early in the morning, found a mess. That night or that day, he told me that last night what happened was he was, Jamie was cleaning up and the other worker said, oh, don't worry about cleaning up. Like we're going to have to make a mess tomorrow anyways. And then he said, but Ian wants to cleaned up every single day. He's like, don't worry. Ian's not going to be here. Uh, he won't even see it. Jamie called me that night, confirmed I was going to be there in the morning, called the other worker that night and said, damn, Ian's going to be in the morning. He's going to be pissed. And of course I was not pissed, but I was just like, you know, disappointed in the morning when I saw there's a mess as I've made a daily checklist that they have to sign every single day saying that, yes, we cleaned up and someone signs that page and says, we cleaned up, we, cl we put away the tools. We said goodbye so it to was the signed and it wasn't done. They didn't sign the page. They never even did the page. He said, oh, sorry, we were rushing out last night. I forgot to do the page. And I was like, well, okay, clearly, so what's a mess. the penalty for that? I don't even know how, what to apply a penalty. Wow. Like, I don't, like, I don't know how to go about. The only thing is like, you're not following the standards and you're not follow. then you're not right for the business. That's Dude, the only thing no I can one's, think of. No one's afraid of you. Yeah. That sucks, man. And I'm sorry. I hate, I don't, I never use fear as motivation, but there's a, it's, it's not fear. It's respect. Yeah. That's all it is. I don't use fear. I don't, I don't take away people's money. I don't hate, but the reality is if you don't do what I ask you to do in the capacity, which I ask it to be done, you're not going to work here anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And if you haven't established that authority in your own house, forget it, man. These issues that you're trying to solve with changing things up, more marketing, more sale, all these things that you're working so hard on is pointless unless you fix this issue right now. So you have action steps out the butt, but I'll tell you one of them right now is establish who the heck is in charge today. Someone needs to be the manager today. Say, hey, this is, this is your responsibility. Do you want this or not? And if they say no, all right, man, thank you so much. And you move on. Can I ask if he was to ask for a pay raise, do I offer that to him or no? No, that's what I was no. thinking. Say you're getting paid as a manager. You're now the manager. Here's your responsibilities. Are you okay with these responsibilities? Do you agree to these responsibilities? You need to create an offer letter that says that he's the manager. You need to outline what his daily responsibilities are as a manager. Okay. And then you have him sign it. Say, this is what you're responsible for. This is the expectation. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you are not okay with this, please tell me now. And I think it would be best if we, if we went our separate ways, because it's either you agree to this or I'm not going to have a business anymore. Yeah.
And that's that's the reality. Next stop is cancel your estimates for the, for tomorrow. What's going on tomorrow? You guys starting something? Uh, they are working on a job together, and I have to go. Finish oh, up good. They'll both job. be there. I have to go finish up another job, unfortunately, though. You don't have any flux flexibility on that other job that you have to go finish? I could you work the weekend. There you go. You cancel that and go there tomorrow all day and say, mm -hmm. and then this is, this is, you need to talk to Jamie. There's some time left in the day. Maybe go meet, meet up with him later and set the tone for tomorrow and say, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be there tomorrow. What do you guys, what are they doing tomorrow? Uh, vinyl installation. How many square feet? Uh, 600. Oh man, this is meant to be, isn't it? Yeah, they will. Jamie's, Jamie's there today demoing. Um, Perfect. So this is just you, you ask them what they can install, not demo. You ask them what they can install in one day's time, right? Yeah. Dude, this is I mean, hello, everything's lining up here, is it not? Yeah. <clears throat> 600 some square feet. So they should get that done in one day. You're going to sit there for eight hours and watch. Don't you don't even dare pick anything up. Mm -hmm. You're sitting there to observe and watch the whole day. Don't it don't matter if it's uncomfortable. It doesn't matter what they think about it. You're going to be looking for breaks. You're going to be looking if they're playing on their phone. You're going to be looking and seeing what you're paying for every day. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Watch. They're going to get it done in one day. And you're going to be like, holy crap. Look at that. Guarantee then, it. If that is the case, if it's me being on the site that's changing things. No. Now you know what the standard is. So when that standard drops, then you then something you was off, wasn't it? Yeah. That's how you do it. But you don't know what the standard is yet. You might get there tomorrow and you know what? Hey, listen, even I could be wrong. Maybe they only get 500 square feet done and you saw them working at capacity all day long, right? Mm -hmm. 500 is the standard. Okay. <clears throat> you feel good about that? I think so. Uh, now, the other flip side, uh, last thing I want to bring up was uh, there's also the talk about possibly going back into renovations. Um, all right. Well, let's not talk about that because that, that deviates what we just discussed. No, and I, know. I think let's, I don't want to hear about that. Okay. Cause I want to, I want to see if this is a good or a bad investment. And I think you'll find out tomorrow if the flooring business is going to sustain or it's not based off your, off of your findings. Mm -hmm. And then we can have a conversation about renovations another time. If say the case is that they, <clears throat> excuse me, is that, that they get you know, the, uh, here's the, the case. It's either they do less or they hit the goal and they have they do time less, to do more. If they do less, if they then, do less, okay. Then is it fair to say that the flooring business might not be the, the right choice considering the no, fact that- that's not I, the case. The case is if they do less, maybe they're not as expert as you think they are. And it's better to get more expert people. Maybe they the don't company. know how to cut as good as you think they can. And he's having to look at a board eight times to get the perfect cut. And he's sitting there for 30 minutes on one cut. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the case. Maybe you're overpaying. Maybe you didn't have the right people. Maybe you think you did. Maybe they talked you into believing that they are and they're laughing their way to the bank every week. Mm -hmm. They don't care that you're sinking. They might say they are, but their checks are hitting every week. Mm -hmm. And, so and you do it. And listen, dude, there's a certain level of like authority that you need to have as a business owner, man. It's like, dude, I love people and I love my employees and I want them to make money. I want them to be happy, but they're not going to compromise my whole business if they're not operating in the way that they need to, to make us all successful, they're not just going to be the only one succeeding. You're the one taking all the risk. Yeah. You're the one having to worry, wonder if you can even sustain, dude, that's not fair. Now it's to the point where you need to get serious. Don't you think? I definitely think so. I so think tomorrow I you're going to get the, the big answer. We've done this 
I don't know, it's our fourth one, but we've done this. And e each time we get a little bit closer to finding out what's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that tomorrow, if you do what I say, first you need to talk to the new manager on site, okay? Mm -hmm. Who now gets direct orders from you. You shouldn't even talk to the other guy anymore. And I'm not saying don't be personal. I'm saying like now we're in grind mode. Right now it's that guy you that you hold accountable. And if he doesn't hit the mark and you tell him, hey, I'm going to be tomorrow, be there tomorrow. We have 640 square feet to install. It needs to be done tomorrow. End of business. And if we're not there, we're staying late. And you're going to have a clock and you're going to see what time they finish. Mm -hmm. Because if you told me that the expectation is 750 in a day's time and they have 600 something to do, no demolitions, just straight install, you're going to have an answer tomorrow. And it's going to be either less or it's going to be more. And if it's, if it's more high fives, handshakes, you guys are killing it. Let's keep this standard high. If it's lower, pizza. maybe pizza. Seriously. I mean, but if it's lower, then you either have to identify, is it lower and is that accurate? So you would say, okay, did they work at a smooth pace all day? And am I wrong in terms of what our expectations are? That's when you bring in that guy to say, hey, can you come and maybe shadow us and see what we're doing wrong? Mm -hmm. Right? That's where that's valuable. So maybe you can boost that up. Okay. But if it's low... And you could tell that they weren't operating capacity. Maybe the guy who was cutting wasn't doing his job. Maybe they're not communicating effectively. Maybe you have two leaders trying to lead and, and work independently the whole time. And they're actually not accomplishing anything. Now, you know, now, you know, you have a problem, mm -hmm. but you won't know anything until end of business tomorrow. And if you don't have a check in your hand, then you're, you have a couple of decisions to make. Sounds good. Is that fair? I think so. Is this what you came for? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a good plan. And I think you you are right. Tomorrow is the the deciding day. Tomorrow's to D-Day, man. <laughs> decision day. Decide, decision day, deciding day, yeah. Is that what I, that stands for? No, I don't think so. Is it demolition day? I don't I have no I, I never knew what that stood for. The, I, I was like, D-Day. Isn't, yeah. isn't it from World War II, though? Is it? The day June 6th, 1944, World War II was, yeah, it was a World War II. Well, tomorrow's D-Day for Brink Construction <laughs> to decide whether or not, you know, you, you, you keep moving forward, man. Look, there's successful flooring companies all over. I just told you I'm one of them. I'm mm -hmm. successful. I'm not huge, but hey, we're profitable mm -hmm. on labor. You know, I mean, it's possible. I mean, but again, I think you really need to be there tomorrow, all day. Cancel whatever you got. Just sit there, you know. It ain't friend tomorrow. It's boss. Don't even talk much. Just say, look, I'm here to observe. Mm -hmm. I know it's going to be difficult, but right now it's like, you just told me that you're about to hit bankruptcy, man. I mean, where are we? It's I scary. Mean, you know, it's scary. And I know you love people too, and you will build them up to be what they could be, but let's see where they are before we try to determine if they're a good fit or not. We don't even know where they are, you know? So I heard there's new companies coming up with little cameras for their uh, construction workers that they have to wear to see how productive they are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That'd be a little over the top. I don't think anybody Put me down for two. That. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, that's but, crazy. Uh, but, uh, now, let's uh, recap this one maybe uh, as soon as possible. So once you find get your findings, get, get back to me. I think so. Yeah, I, I mean. that's it. But, but, but like I said, you do need to create some sort of structure for uh, Jamie to be. Yeah, in terms of that you. letter that you want me, like, like. You could. Is it an invitation almost? <laughs> don't put it of like course. don't put it in a card, but like you know what I mean, like like no, it's, like it, it's a letter duty? that you print out. It's a paragraph saying list like you know bring construction. We like to offer you 
uh, an opportunity to be a, a project manager. Um, at, at this point in time, it does not come with an increased pay amount, but it will come with uh, potential future earnings based on performance. I mean, it's very simple. It doesn't need to be anything special, but it's just, hey, he's, if he signs it, he just accepts the role of project manager. When you're, when you're small, act big. And when you're a big company, you want to always act small. Like that's like a, a little, little anecdote there. You know, it's yeah. just one of those things that even, even though you have two employees, do the things that the big companies do because yeah. it creates perception. Instead of you saying, hey, uh, Jamie, I'm going to make you the project manager. Uh, no. You know, say, you know, I don't know. Is Jamie married? Does he have a family? Yeah. A little bit nicer when he goes home and says, hey, Ian gave me this offer letter today. You know, I signed it. You know, he wants me to be the project manager. This is his vision. Uh, he's going to be there tomorrow. You know, um, you might, you can have him, you know, sign the offer letter tomorrow morning, or if you, if you have an opportunity to meet him at, at the job today to do it, to make it official before no, he's tomorrow leaving starts. Like now. He's leaving now? Four o'clock, yeah. Is he? Is he yeah. far from you? 30 minutes, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I have, an, I have an estimate to go to after this. Yeah, too. use your judgment. Maybe this is something you do after you see how they work tomorrow. Maybe that's yeah. probably a better idea to see. I think, I think it's better to do it after because I don't want to give that boost of adrenaline for yeah, him to push, right? push, push. That boost will be nuts. <laughs> yeah, because then it's like, that's then I'm the... seeing artificial, you know, like I want to yeah. see what the standard is prior to. Prior. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And, if and, we can and, get that number tomorrow, then maybe. Good. Then don't tell them you're coming. You should be the first one there. See what time they're pulling up. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that's say, a problem hey. is you know t- on time but ah. to be fair they are coming across from the from the other side of the city which i is almost an hour drive for them hour 10 minutes so sometimes traffic like the highway it's the most dangerous highway in north america 401 and it's it's always got accidents all the time so i somewhat understand they, but uh um, are they still leaving at four or are they making up for that time um so some days they'll work like seven and a half hours or I, normally they end up working late every single day already so okay. All right. Hey man, listen, I hope that this works out for you. I hope so, that you look so at I. these guys today or tomorrow and you're pleasantly surprised, but you don't want to hear that from somebody. You want to see it for yourself. This is your product right now. Your employees are your best asset and they always will be. You're selling your employees work, by the way, like that's what you're selling. You know, like if they're not producing quality product in a quality pace, that's your product. Like, you know, that's kind of like Elon Musk. I don't know if you knew this, but like when Tesla was going through a major issue, this dude was sleeping in Tesla, dude, for months. Mm -hmm. Sleeping there, bro, in the factory, in the gritty, dude, you know, in the, in the, in the, I don't know what they, what do they call that? Like a conveyor belt. I don't know. It's like that, you know, it's a term they call it. You know what I mean? Where they do the fact, I don't know, Ford came up with it anyway. Dude, the guy was sleeping on a on a on a couch there because that's his product, man. And there's a certain thing that I have, and any any entrepreneur that's passionate about their product has. It's just like that freaking like, I don't know, man. It's just like Drive. like with drip jobs, bro. Like that's my freaking baby right now, man. Like everything mm-hmm. that I do surrounds drip jobs, and it's like when something's wrong, bro. People ask, you know, you know, dude, what time am I on that freaking customer oh, service late. chat? Late, I, I, right? You know, we'll be back tomorrow. Oh, Tanner just responds. Yeah, it says uh, drip jobs be back tomorrow. And I'm boom. You know, what do you need? Like, dude, <laughs> it's just because we're in such a crucial stage. I'm still in the testing phase. You're still in the testing phase, bro. I need you to get a no- tag. I need to get bug finder. Eh? What's bug finder? <laughs> like, I need to get like a tag on my, my profile. The bug yes. finder. Yes. I've and, been finding lots Ian, of bugs for you. Ian, it, Ian brings things to my attention, but do we, we get them done? 
they you do i've i've got i checked back at them i see if you fixed them and you yeah. have you have actually so. yeah man yeah you're good at it so no but uh <laughs> but yeah man i mean this is but again i'm still in testing you know yeah. and there's gonna be a time where you're in like success mode you know and that'll come but just start here man you're testing your production tomorrow you're going in to see the quality of your product you're looking at the quality of the product in the eyes of the customer and also you're calculating from the business point of view and you're saying like man is am i what's going on here where did i mess up or where are these guys messing up and then there at that point comes the, the biggest word in in business accountability mm -hmm. someone's going to be held accountable either you or them tomorrow and mm -hmm. once you know that, then we can shift blame. We can align our thinking. Maybe these guys are going to be the ones to help you build your business. Maybe you got some apologizing to do tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. That could happen too. Say, guys, listen, I think I overshot my expectations here. That's okay. As a business owner, if you can't apologize as a business owner, you're not going to go far. Yeah. You know? So that could be the case, or they have to apologize to you when you say, listen, guys, what's going on here? You know, I mean, do you know how to cut? Did you lie on your application? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They so. tell, they told me that like sometimes prep can take up to like two three hours. And when we're I talk not to prepping floor, tomorrow. It's straight right well, now. I'm just it. I'm just saying like when I talk to other guys, they're like it takes ten minutes to cut door jams. Like it can't be taken two hours. Yeah, so you need to time it. Say all right, if they're cutting door jams tomorrow, why don't we stand behind them, see how what their process is? How long did it take them to get the blade out of the vehicle? I mean, all these things need to be calculated so you know where that base point is, mm -hmm. right? And then we can we can uh, turn the corner from there. So. All right, bro. Let's uh let's leave it at that. Hit me on. I know you'll give me feedback, so I'm excited to see what that is. Yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. I like I said, pretty clear schedule except for that one job, which I could try to push to the weekend. You're the man, bro. Good luck. Thank you, bro. I appreciate All it. All right, dude. See you. All right, bye. Drip Jobs CRM is finally here. That's right. So Drip Jobs is an automation platform for contractors, home service professionals that's going to automatically follow up with your customers. It's going to allow you to send invoices, estimates. It's going to allow you to send out blast marketing emails to individuals based on where they are in the buying process. This software is next level. And I'm reaching out to you. You're a listener of this podcast, and I want you to be one of the first ones to give it a shot. So if you want to see what Drip Jobs can do for your business, I'd love for you to head over to dripjobs.com, sign up for a free demo and get your team involved and let us sit with you and show you how powerful this software is. It's going to save you time. It's going to make you money and you're going to love the features that are built into Drip Jobs. So if you want to check it out, head over to dripjobs.com and we will give you first priority being a podcast listener uh, to be one of the very first to try out Drip Jobs in your home service business. I'm super excited to share that with you and I'll catch you on the next episode.